ladies and gentlemen, ladies boys and, gentlemen. and girls, children of all ages, welcome to Socks on Tap. Tony, I, my first reaction is just, fuck yes, let's go. Socks versus Detroit. That's, that's where it all starts. Because it all starts taking care of business in-house in the Central Division. That's right, I'm a meatball. You gotta bring that top button swag, baby. It is always great to beat the Cubs. And I'm a homer, so I always say they're gonna. Dallas Keiko Lampson got some beards that you should be afraid of. What everybody said when he gets out there, it's me versus the other guy, and I'm gonna beat him. So I just love that mentality. It's cool and fucking tough. Steve, Steve, would you say that Tony is mad online? I, I would definitely say that. The White Sox winner. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to Socks on Tap. I am your boy Buzz, and I'm joined by my dude Steve at NWI underscore Steve, and we are here to recap the Chicago White Sox win over the Los Angeles Angels 12 to 8. Before we do that, be sure you're going to ontapsportsnet.com for all your Chicago sports literature and podcasting needs. Following us on Twitter at Socks on Tap, at Ontap Sportsnet, following Steve at nwi underscore steve follow me at buzz on tap anywhere you can listen to podcasts you can listen to us so give us a five star rating and review because that's cool and tough steve me and you just like last year we get to do the first victory of the year so crack them to that my friend 12 to 8 dude what a game hey yo man this game kind of had a little bit of everything in it it's uh some some real highs and lows, you know. They get get up to that big lead, seven to one, and then all of a sudden this thing gets real tight. You, they think you think they're starting to pull away a little bit, then it kind of contracts again. I mean, so we got a lot to unpack here. We do, we do. I I think that we have to title the episode "The Pen Is Mighty." I know, I know, we're stealing that, but we're gonna have to take that tonight. That's gonna be the ep- that that that's the uh you know the episode name here. They from top to bottom, this game was exciting. It was fun. And most importantly, we come out with a win, and we have a lot, like you said, to unpack. But why don't we start off with the first inning for the Angels? They come out and eleven pitches. I have I wrote notes, Steve, because you know I was supposed to get a tattoo tonight, and then that ended up canceling. Um, so I, I took down a like a book of notes here. But he, he goes uh, eleven pitches to retire the Sox batters in the first. It's all it took. Gets all of them, you know, takes them all out. And then he actually ended up putting six up, six down for him tonight. Um, so Sox start, offense started slow. Yeah, yeah. Those, fir- those first two innings there, Heaney was really attacking uh, the Sox offense there, particularly with fastball up in the zone, elevating the fastball. And the guys just weren't picking the ball up very well off of him. And and the at-bats themselves just were pretty shitty, for lack of a better term. Um, so that six up, six down there, that those first two innings kind of kind of made you feel like, uh, ah, is this going to be one of these nights where things are just off again a little bit? And then, uh, you know, fortunately, you know, third inning came around, second time through the order, and we started to see things take a, take a little bit of a turn there. Yeah, so the Angels get their first run in the bottom of the first, and Otani ends up getting to third base on an error from Jose Abreu. Now, at the time when it happened live, I just thought that he had missed it going towards the baseline, but I guess it went under his legs, and that was courtesy of our friend Alex Rude. He let me know. He rewinded it. He checked it out. That's that's what happened. Otani ends up getting to um, 
to first, and then he ended up scoring on, I think it was a trout single infield single. He ended up scoring on. So socks go down one, nothing right away. Again, second inning, not a ton of action. Uh, Keiko let up one hit, but no damage was done. Now we get to the top of the third. We get to the exciting part of this shit. Eaton grounds out Mercedes in his second MLB at bat hits a single. It was his first hit of his major league career. Then you get a Madrigal single, Mercedes the second. TA grounds out. Um, well, didn't ground out. I'm sorry. Madrigal got caught up at the second there on the force out. And then uh, Robert comes up. He walks. It ends up loading the bases. You have Mercedes at third. You have, or I'm sorry. Yeah, you have Mercedes at third, TA at second, and Robert at first. And MVP, Steve. Grand salami, third inning. Yeah, listen. As I was taking notes for this for, for this game here, I had circled the Luis Robert walk for the Abreu Grand Slam there because I, I looked at that at bat and I thought this was going to be a potential turning point in this game here because you got a chance here. Um, and, and it was a really interesting at bat because he gets ahead of him 2-0 and then Heaney attacks him with three straight breaking balls. Um, the third one, Luis was able to foul off and hit a, hit a missile down the third baseline there. And then he attacks him with two changeups out of the zone. And, and Robert shows some great plate discipline to lay off two pitches out of the zone to load the bases. And right after that happened, I was thinking to myself, I'm like, look, that's a pivotal at bat right there to get Abreu up in a spot with the bases loaded, chance to potentially break this game open here. And then MVP does what he does. Absolutely. I mean, dude, he took that shit yard. Center field, great. Well, right center field, but I mean, great at bat. Hits a home run, puts the socks up four to one. We go to the bottom of the third, Steve. We get a one, two, three inning from Big D, Diamond Dallas. Diamond Dallas hits the, uh, you know, gets everybody out there, moving to the top of the fourth. Andrew Vaughn walks. Yaz singles. Vaughn gets the third. Eaton singles. That scores Vaughn. Yaz the second. There's still no outs. Five one socks. Heaney is pulled in the top of the fourth. Wild pitch. Runners advance the second and third. Mercedes scores Yaz and Eaton on his another single from him. Goes seven one socks. Magical breaks the bat. He's lying out to short there. TA grounds out, moves uh Mercedes to third. Robert strikes out. That ends the inning. Um, you know, I just to throw my little my 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 little assholeishness out there, but I was really, really hoping that Nick Madrigal would drive a ball out of the fucking infield. It didn't happen. <laughs> it just it just didn't happen. Anything you saw in those innings, bud? Yeah, you know, Andrew Vaughn getting working that walk there to to lead off the inning there. And then Adam Eaton, again, a guy that was really a lightning rod this offseason here, coming through with another big hit here in the second game of the season. Uh, that key RBI single there. Unfortunately, he would come to play again later later on here in a little bit of a negative light here, but doing some positive things with the bat here early on the first two games of the season here. Uh, that's that's definitely a positive development to see here. Um, that's a guy that really has taken a lot and, and maybe taken the brunt of a lot of the criticism from the fan base uh, this winter. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Definitely agree with that. So we're going to move on into the uh... – now the bottom of the fourth, we just talked about the Sox, huge top of the fourth, bottom of the fourth. Trout gets a leadoff double. Rendon sacrifice fly. Trout goes third, okay? Upton walks. You got runners on first and third. After a strike call that pull host was not too happy about, next pitch, he takes one deep. And uh, that's a three-run home run for Albert Pulhost off Diamond Dallas Keuchel. Pulhost is a fucking beast still to this day. 
And I mean, 20, it was uh 20 years to the day that he, I believe made his major league debut today. And he's still doing it. I mean, in 2021, man. Look, it's, it's amazing to, to think about this guy in his career, what he's done over the course of the last two decades. I mean, this is probably one of the five greatest right-handed hitters to ever play the game. Um, it's, it's a little hard to conceptualize that when you think about just what his career has been since he's been with the Angels. I think especially maybe the last four or five years as you've really seen the deterioration in his skill set as, as he has aged here, as he's now 41 years old. But he shows that, look, you know, you make mistakes to him. This is a guy that can still hit the ball out of the ballpark. Uh, certainly not the force he was in the early part of his career, but this is a guy that still can be dangerous with the bat. And I mean, he's got 661 home runs now here, or 663, whatever the number is. Um, I, I mean, it's, it's truly remarkable to see this guy still doing it at the age he is. Yeah, it's absolutely crazy. So, you know, then we get to the top of the fifth. We get a Jose ground out. Uh, Chris Rodriguez enters in for the Angels. We get a, another Yohan Moncada strikeout. He ends up striking out five times on the night, Steve. Uh, then we get a Vaughn ground out. And the inning is over. It's still seven to four. Sox get into the bottom of the fifth. Fowler singer singles off of Keuchel. Keuchel walks batter. Then uh, Matt Foster comes in. Strikes out Otani. Then there was a little bit of a scary moment because it looked like he had tweaked something but he kind of had brushed it off. And at that time I kind of got hopped into bulls a little bit because I had to do bulls on tap. So I was kind of, you know, ha not half paying attention. I was still paying attention to the game, but he, he seemed to brush him off. And then all of a sudden Rendon comes up and it looks like we're going to get out of the inning. And that, and that doesn't, that doesn't happen because Eaton dropped a Rendon pop up and two scored off of that. And it went to seven to six for the angels. And then uh, Foster gets a strikeout to end the inning there. Well, Matt Foster really showed some stones in, in that inning, And that was something that I tweeted out there coming in in the spot that he did. And that I, I was a little surprised that Tony went to him, particularly in that spot with Otani coming up and then Trout and Rendon to follow. He had a tremendous sequence in how he attacked Shohei Otani to get a strike out there, utilizing a change of down in the zone and then finishing him off with a face high fastball up, elevated outside the strike zone there so really a tremendous sequence with with how he approached him and then just acing mike trout with a fastball low and away outer corner of, of of the strike zone there and then he did his job look he got the fly ball and adam eaton you know as much as as i've praised him here for the first two games with what he has done at the plate with the bat that can't happen. Uh, we've seen some pretty significant miscues by the White Sox defensively here in the first two games of this season here that have cost them several runs already. I mean, they cost them a ball game last night, and, and some of these miscues tonight had the potential to do that again. They were able to weather that storm, but this is something they got to clean up. Uh, I definitely, definitely agree with that. And then we move to the top of the sixth. Yaz grounds out. Mercedes singles, goes three for three. He's At that point, he's three for three. And then Madrigal strikes out. Um, which I did not believe was possible from what I've been told. <laughs> I feel like I'm being such a magical hater right now. I don't mean to be, am I, I'm not trying to be wrong. They're, they're going to, they're going to come for you now. I don't give a fuck. I, I don't care. Uh, <laughs> I don't care, but it's just, you know, the Sox seem to have, I don't want to say they went stagnant there, but I mean, they were kind of getting outplayed for a moment there. And it seemed like the angels had momentum and momentum is a big part of baseball. You and I've talked about this a million times. It seems like the angels had the momentum 
But what a cool thing is, is what we'll keep getting on into in the show here is that the Sox regain that momentum, and that's what good teams do. Good teams do that. And you you taught me that. I mean, you taught me a lot of that. I learned a lot from baseball from you, and I thought that I knew it before, but I got to credit guys like you and, and you know, Jordan Lazowski. I mean, I've learned, learned a lot from just different points of view of things and how you guys break down the game. So in that, in that inning where, you know, it's seven to six and the Sox don't do anything again, what's running through your mind at that point? You know, I think there, there's ebbs and flows that go throughout the course of, of a baseball game there. Um, very rarely will you see a complete nine inning game where one team just dominates from first pitch to the, to the game's conclusion. So you'll see those highs and those low marks through it. And this one was very much a roller coaster. Um, we, we saw a lot of different things happen in here. And, you know, in this spot, then, you know, when, when you get to the sixth inning there and, you know, the Sox are clinging to that seven to six lead, um, you're kind of just sitting here wondering, okay, how is Tony going to approach this from a bullpen management standpoint? What guys are he is, how's he going to choose to deploy certain guys in spots here to attack this angels lineup? I think especially, um, how he was going to approach the Otani, Trout, and Rendon trio. Because that's really the the heart and soul, obviously, of this Angels lineup. And that's where they do most of their damage. So I was very curious to see how he was going to deploy certain guys in certain positions there. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And then, you know, after that inning, we go to the bottom of the – or the top of the inning there. We go to the bottom of the sixth, and it's Kopech time. Kopech's, you know, 2021 debut. And I, Steve, I didn't really write any notes here. I just put Kopech time. That's all I put because he came in and he did his fucking job and it was awesome. And I, I was hyped for that. And I'm, I'm going to let you, you know, touch on that, you know, a little bit here. But I, when Kopech came in, man, I had like this feeling of calm, maybe because I have so much belief in him, if that makes sense. Listen, he showed some absolute shit tonight i mean wow this was the guy that everybody got excited for when he was acquired from the red sox in the chris sale deal this is the guy that as we saw him kind of turn that corner in the minor leagues down in double a birmingham and in charlotte it got people thinking okay we got a top of the rotation option here we got a top of the rotation arm to plug in here with Giolito and some of these other guys here. And then obviously all the trials and tribulations he's had over the last couple of years, um, a lot of people have soured on him for for a number of different reasons. And it's not that I had soured on him. It's just the fact that being away from the game for two and a half years without throwing really a competitive pitch, that's a long time, okay? And to expect him to just come back without missing a beat, I felt was a really tall order. But he went out there tonight. He was very composed, very collected out there, and just went about his business. And he had a confidence about him. And that's something that's very important for a pitcher to have. You have to go out there with a mentality and a mindset that, listen, I've got the ball in my hand. I don't care who's in the, in the box. I don't care if it's Mike Trout. I don't care if it's Anthony Rondon. I'm going to take the ball and I'm going to shove it up your ass. And there ain't a fucking thing you can do about it. And he showed that tonight. Yeah, he absolutely did. I absolutely agree with that. I, I, dude, I was stoked when I saw him come in, and he did not disappoint. Top of the seventh, T.A. grounds out. Luis Robert singles. Uh, he moves to second on a wild pitch. Um, Abreu ends up walking, but we end up leaving the runners on base there. Um, you know, we didn't get any get anything from that. We move into the bottom of the seventh. Kopech does it again. Kopech does it again in the bottom of the seventh, Steve. 
I mean, just two great innings in a row from him. Yeah, he he was going out there. He was aggressive in the strike zone, uh, utilizing his fastball really on the upper third of, of the strike zone there to attack the Angels hitters there and then utilizing and, and complementing that with a slider kind of down and away. So really kind of change, trying to change the eye levels of the hitters there. And look, he was pumping the velocity up there. So he's 98, 99 consistently at the top part of the zone there, then trying to utilize that slider there as, as an off-speed um, option there to kind of keep the guys off balance there. And it was really playing well tonight. And yeah. He was- he was commanding the ball well, uh, getting ahead with consistency, and just attacking. Top of the eighth, you're in Mercedes, four for four. Basically the only note that I have in the top of the eighth because, I mean, we're going to talk about this a little bit, but him be, him making a case for wanting to be the DH right now. Obviously, Eloy's out. We had Andrew Vaughn in left field. We're going to touch on this a little bit because it's the only thing I have for the top. I mean, four for four he goes, Steve. He's four for four at this point in the ball game. That dude was putting the bat on the ball, putting the ball in play, and making things happen. And I'm gonna be honest with you, I, I, you looked at him as a power bat when he was in the minors. You know, dude crushing home runs and shit like that. You even heard Benetti say it on the uh, broadcast tonight. Like, you know, he has a big swing. He's known for fucking launching balls out. But I mean, what he did tonight in his first major league start cannot be understated. He was fucking fantastic. Every time he came up to bat after his first two hits, I'm like, keep it going, kid. I I just want to see what I want to see this. Like, can he be the guy at this point until Eloy comes back, obviously, but can he be the guy that solves the DH problems? I don't want to overreact because it's one game, but that was fucking phenomenal, dude. Five hits in his first major league start. It's really fascinating watching him and this is something that I talked about in our season preview show. He's really a a story of perseverance. And they talked about this on the broadcast tonight. This is a guy that has been in professional ball for over a decade here without 28 years old, Steve. Yeah. And, and that and look, that's very late in in parlance of a professional baseball player to finally be getting to the big leagues at that age. Um can guys get to get to the major leagues later at, at his age and still be successful? Yes, they're very few and far between. With that being said, ever since he has been um, stateside in affiliated ball, whether it's in the Astros organization or in the Orioles organization, he's always been known as a guy that that could hold his own with the bat. And so it was always interesting, and, and the question always seemed to be, what position can he play? And is he going to be able to find his way on the field? I, I think this, this the situation with Eloy here and the, and the DH spot in the left field situation, it really lends itself to where a guy like your main Mercedes, who maybe previously wouldn't have been able to find a spot, he might have the opportunity here to break through and see consistent at-bats as, as the DH right now. Obviously tonight, look, he did something pretty historic here, going five for five. Um, I mean, that can't be underscored. And he's got to have himself in the discussion now to see some more at-bats here because all he's done since he got to the Sox organization is hit and hit with consistency. So I think Tony's probably the type of guy that will just ride the hot hand here. If he keeps going out there and producing offensively, I think he's going to keep finding his way in the lineup. It wouldn't surprise me. 
Yeah, I, I agree with you wholeheartedly on that. I mean, you have to. It, it's kind of like tonight. I know I'm, I'm I'm mixing sports here, but you know, obviously, I did the two pods tonight between the Bulls and 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 now the Sox. But there was a point in the Bulls game where the bench had come in and and Billy Donovan decided to ride the hot hands of the bench. You know, and you do that because they earned that because they bring you back or they're making things happen. And I think the same can be related to baseball in a certain extent. Like you know, you got guys got five hits. I'm DHing them tomorrow. I'm not fucking around. I don't care if it's right-hand pitcher. I don't care. I don't care if it's left-hand pitcher. I don't care. Like, I'm going to have him come back in. That was, a like you said, a historical night. He put the bat on the fucking ball, and he produced as well with it. It was, you know, he produced. He finishes the night, Steve, with four ribbies, dude. You know, I mean, that's that's great shit. That's awesome, and that's it's a good thing to see, especially for White Sox fans, out of a position that's been lackluster for years. Yeah. I mean, it's you, you hit the you hit the nail on, on on the head right there. At this point, right now, here in the 2021 season, it's all about production at this juncture. And if your mean Mercedes is going to keep producing with the bat, keep hitting the ball with authority the way he did tonight, there's no reason for him to not be in the lineup. Tony is a guy that has shown again throughout the course of his managerial career that. He's willing to manipulate rosters and manipulate manipulate lineups in a way that will allow guys that are producing to find playing time. And the flexibility here with the DH position, I think, is going to lend itself to Yermin having that opportunity as long as he continues to produce. Absolutely agree with that. Absolutely agree with that. And then just congratulate. I know he, he's not going to listen to this, but congratulations to him for having such a fucking great game. So bottom of the eighth, uh, Kopeck walks Trout. We enter Evan Marshall. He uh, pops up Rodon, pull host is intentionally walked, and then we get Liam Hendricks. We get Liam Hendricks. This was an interesting sequence because I, I had asked the question on Twitter at the before the inning had started, knowing that you had Trout, Rendon, and Upton, and then Pujols coming up to start the inning here. Is this a spot where you go to Hendricks right away there in the eighth to start the inning because you got the big right-handed thunder coming up? And one of the things I know I had talked about, and I think that the organization had kind of talked about very loosely, was part of the appeal of Hendricks was they felt he was a guy that could be deployed in a number of different situations. Didn't have to be just a strictly ninth inning guy. He could handle that role. But if you have a key pivotal spot against the the opposition's best part of their lineup in the eighth inning in a close game, you can go to Hendricks in that spot there to shut the door, hold the lead, and then turn it over to some of the other weapons that you have in the bullpen there. So I kind of thought maybe that's what we would see in this circumstance here. Um, Tony obviously you know, wanted to show some confidence in Michael Kopech, in the young guy, and you know, I think there is something to that. Um, trying to help the kid build confidence with himself. He obviously had a great outing again tonight. And if he could have gone out there and, and got out the best player in the world, I think that would have just really kind of been the icing on the cake, so to speak. He, he had a very tough at bat trout, you know, just trout showed why he's the best player in the world still to this day, working to walk the way that he did, um, you know, taking a couple of, of tight pitches out of the zone there. But, you know, overall, look, I mean, you can't say enough about Kopech. And then um, Hendricks came in that inning a after that and did the job. 
Yeah, and it was absolutely fantastic. It, it was something that was definitely needed. Um, then we move in, Steve. It's still seven to six here, okay? And, and we move into the top of the ninth inning. Tim Anderson, home run. And it was just, TA ain't going anywhere. He is an elite player at his position, and he's an elite player in the in the batter's box, and he's going to keep making things happen. They enter Steve Ciszek. Joe Madden doesn't think he's dead yet, Steve. He's still going to – he didn't he real, watch last year. Real Steve Ciszek. Yeah, right, right. I am not Steve Ciszek. That's a joke. That's a joke between uh, me and the, and, and the dudes over at the White Sox Twitter Bureau of Investigation um, <laughs> in a little group chat we have. But um, – Ciszek comes in. He, it's a wild pitch to uh, a wild pitch. Abreu goes to second because they ended up walking Abreu. Okay. Uh, Yaz comes in, hits a two RBI double after Hamilton had already walked. Eaton walks. Then you have your mean Mercedes come up, Steve. And this is his fifth hit in the night. And it's a fucking two, B, two RBI double. It's five hits on the night. I know we just touched on him, but that is what brought the Sox lead to where it did. That's what brought the Sox lead to uh, to 12 runs. And the top of the ninth inning was just them putting their foot on the gas, stepping on their throats, and calling it a day. And I, absolutely what you wanted to see from a team that had kind that let up a big lead, and then they come out in crunch time, and they produce. That is what good teams do. Yeah, listen – there, there was certainly an opportunity there um, a- after that eighth inning, after the, the Angels tried to mount a little bit of a rally there and try to put a little bit of a scare in you when the game was still relatively undecided there. And, and the Sox took you know, the opportunity there in that ninth inning to add on, get some additional runs there. Timmy just, again, another fantastic at bad, doing what he's been doing here for the last two-plus years. And then Yasmani Grandal uh, coming through with a clutch uh, two-run double there. And and you're mean, like, like you said. So, I mean, you kind of got just up and down the lineup there. Those last couple of innings, you got contributions from a lot of the guys, um, aside from Yohan Mankata, who just, you know, had a brutal night here tonight with the bat and even with the glove. Um, you know, it, it just wasn't his night. But you had pretty good balance throughout the entirety of the lineup there. And that's something that's pretty, pretty important right now, obviously in the absence of a guy like Aloy Jimenez, you need some other guys to step up. And we saw that tonight. Yeah, absolutely. You know, that's one of the things I want to touch on real quick, Steve is, is there was a lot of kind of, I don't want to say hate towards Mankata tonight. Oh, there I, saw, was, I saw a couple no, tweets. Was, written, no, no, written. it was hate. There's definitely hate. Yeah, dude. I mean, there, there was like tweets like, oh, oh my God, it's like 2018 Mankata. I'm like, dude, like fucking calm down, bro. Come Here's on. He had a great night last night. Yeah. He played well. Here's the thing that a lot of people don't realize about Yohan Mankata, or they just don't want to realize. Even when he's going good, even in the 2019 season when he was an all-world player, he still is going to have these nights where he's going to go 0 for 5 with four strikeouts. Obviously, tonight it was the f- the five strikeouts, uh, you know, the platinum sombrero there. Even when he's going at his best, he's still going to have these nights because it, the swing and miss aspect is just unfortunately a part of his game, and it's always going to be. Um, typically, though, he's able to make up for that in other aspects of his game. Now, again, there was a, a crucial spot there. Um, 
in, in this game where he bobbled a potential double play ball there in, in the eighth inning uh, that could have got them out of, out of that spot there without having to potentially even go to Liam Hendricks. Um, but, you know, the thing, the thing about it is Yohan Makata is he's going to be fine. We've seen, you know, the upside. I mean, look, just last, last night he looked phenomenal at the plate. So, you know, the, the at-bats were, were quality last night. You just got to chalk this up tonight as, as a bad game. It happens. People don't realize how patient he is in the box, too. You know, he looks for his pitch. So, like, when you bring up the swing and miss aspect, but he's also patient at the same time. And that's when you get the result of a 2019 season when all that stuff gets put together where he bats fucking 315. It's a bad night. That's all it was. So, yeah. like, the, the the going nuts on Mankata tonight is – I can understand, like, when I – I mean, and not because I'm just trying to be biased to my own opinion here. Like, when I kind of go off on, on Madrigal or, you know, whatever, or, or, or Luis Robert – chasing breaking balls outside the zone. Like, I understand that. Like, I think that Luis Robertson would be a great fucking player. But I go at those guys. And you definitely have the right to go after Mankata, but understand his game. Don't say that he's reverting back to a season where he led the league and I think broke the all-time record for strikeouts in a year in 2018. It's just, he's a different player from when he was back then. It was, a not, it was an off night, but his, you know what? His teammates picked him up, mm-hmm. and, he, and they ended up winning the fucking game. So... You know, I, I expect to see him learn from this. Of course he will. He's a good player. It's what good players do, and I expect him to have a good night tomorrow night. Yeah, I agree. Nothing further to say, Your Honor. Thank you, my man. I, I do my best. I do my best. So then we move into the bottom of the ninth there, Steve. The only thing I really put of significance there was, you know, uh, Hendricks had a walk, uh, you know, and then Otani comes out, he, he, he smacks a two-run dinger off of him, you know. Um, Alex call my season. And then <laughs> just kidding and kidding. Don't, don't hurt me, please. Um, but you know, I was, waiting certain, I was waiting for a certain member of White Sox Twitter to make a snarky comment. He put a gif up. Oh, oh yeah. Oh yeah. I saw, I saw. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. Of course. We, we all knew that was coming. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, hey, hey, here, here's the thing though. Maybe if uh, Liam Hendricks left the Sox and went to the Twins, maybe then said said Twitter personality would like him since he's a big Twins fan. Jeez, shots fired at Sox on tap. But you know, Hendricks gets us out, ends it with a strikeout. Sox win 12 to 8. You know, the game, like you said, was a roller coaster. I just can't use that title tonight because that's what uh Tony and Nani used last night for the uh for opening day. But you know, I will say that this game was exciting through and through long lasting game for sure. But uh exciting game through and through Sox put runs up on the board. The pen came in, they did their jobs. They picked up Dallas Keuchel when he started struggling there in the fifth inning. And, you know, we, we ride out into the sunset with a win. The win actually goes to Michael Kopech, Steve. He gets the win. Liam Hendricks gets the save tonight. Yeah, my my biggest takeaway from this, I think, is again that the young guys here, in, in particular, you look at that quality at bat from Luis Robert in that third inning, working that walk, and then the two young pitchers in particular, uh, Matt Foster and Michael Kopech, showing a lot of poise, showing a lot of confidence, and showing a lot of stuff and a lot of nuts to go out there and get some big outs in some pivotal spots and not be afraid of the moment. And that's something that is going to be crucial for this team here going forward. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, lo- I, lo- I lo- absolutely loved what I saw tonight. Um, so we're going to move into tomorrow's game, 
Steve. Uh, we got Lance Lynn going up against Alex Cobb tomorrow. This will be Lance Lynn's debut with the White Sox, obviously spring training, which does count, by the way. Um, TWT. That's the tone. Yeah, it sets the tone, baby. Um, but Lance Lynn will be on the mound tomorrow night. And, you know, I'm looking forward to a, a, another good game, what I'm hoping for it to be at least. I think the offense is going to find a groove. Uh, this game does start at 8.07 p.m. Central Time. And, uh, you know, I'm hoping that uh, Lance Lynn shows us why we went and acquired him. You know, I know a lot of people were upset about getting rid of Dane Dunning, and I know he's the ace for the Texas Rangers staff now. Uh, wait, he didn't crack the Texas Rangers staff. But it's going to be a good game, man. It's going to be a good game. I have the good juju all in my heart right now. I think that they're going to do good. I think they're going to, uh, you know, get get their second dub in a row, move to 2-1 of the season. Lance Lynn, like you said, making his, his regular season debut for this team. Um, I'm looking for him to go out there and just show that bulldog mindset that he's been known for for the majority of his career. And, and this is a guy that the Sox acquired him to be – a pivotal anchor piece of this rotation, particularly on the front end of it. And I look for him to just go out there, laser focus right out the shoot there, going at and attacking guys right away. And, and I'm looking for good things tomorrow. And Alex Cobb, I, I feel sorry for what's going to happen to you tomorrow, buddy. Actually, no, I don't. You're going to have a bad time, Alex Cobb. You're going to have a fucking bad time. I want to see Lynn go through at least six innings. Steve, and then I want to see Crochet tomorrow. That is what I'm going to see. Yeah, that definitely would be uh, very beneficial to see Lynn go out there, give some quality innings. Um, Obviously, these first two games here, for varying reasons, uh, the starters did not get a great deal of depth uh, into the games here. So, you know, bullpen has been worked a little bit more than you would typically like it to have been through the first two games. So hopefully Lynn can go out there, establish good fastball command early on in this game, work ahead in counts, keep that pitch count relatively low here. And like you said, get through six innings here and then turn that thing over to crochet. Um, Aaron Bummer should be available. And then, you know, probably Evan Marshall again. So, you know, the good thing is the Sox have a lot of flexibility within that bullpen. So even if you have guys like Foster and Hendricks, who theoretically probably won't be available tomorrow, you've got other options down there to pick up the slack. Yeah. We got Jose Ruiz too. I'm sorry. Tony, Tony is going to be mad online when he hears this. Mad, mad online. He's going to be mad online. Who is your pick to click tomorrow night, Steve? Pick to click tomorrow going up against Alex Cobb. I am going to have to say that Yoan Makata is going to bounce back. Damn it. All right. That's fine. That's fine. You're, you're, okay. You're going to take it. Oh my God. That was mine. Um, but that's fine because we always pick different ones. So I'm, I'm writing in our Twitter DM right now to um, – you know, our, our little Sacks on Tap group here, who the picks to click are. So you have Yoan Mankata tomorrow night, and then I am going to go Tim Anderson tomorrow night. He hit a late home run there in the in the top of the ninth inning. I think he's going to carry that over into tomorrow and set the tone for the offense going into tomorrow. I'm not going to predict a leadoff home run, but he will get on base via a double. That is my pick. TA7 is my pick to click tomorrow, my man. Do we have anything else we want to touch on before we ride out in the sunset here? Tony LaRusso's first win as White Sox manager since I was two years old. Two years old, so that's 85. 86. 86, okay. 86. I was close, and that was off the top of my head, and I've been drinking. So I'm pretty proud of that. I'm, I'm pretty proud of that. I uh, I was born in 91. I hate you. 
Yeah, but you're better looking than me, so you don't don't hate me at all. <laughs> don't hate me at all, man. But yeah, we're gonna come- you, got a, you got a great beard, though, man. I do, but you know, our boy Lucas from Bears on Tap um, tweeted at me during the Bulls post game. He's like, "Your beard's getting out of control again," so I, I'm gonna have to go line that, go line it up because I'm starting to. I wanted to be like Lance Lynn. I was just trying to get all crazy with it, you know, trying to bring that good juju. Look, I think you need to fully embrace the beard. Go Charlie Blackman, man. Go big or go home. Yeah, my wife don't like that very much. So she's not a big fan of the beard. She 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 just says that it's too you know, it, it's just too like you know bushy on my face. But I I think I look cool and tough with it. So I'm just gonna keep leaving it because I have an ass chin, Steve. I have a double ass chin. <laughs> the beard added a double chin, and then it's a double ass chin on top of it. So um, we do have a very very cool comment here from Socks Side Mike ninety. To make a t-shirt, I will buy. And all I'm going to do for you, sir, is one of these if you're watching the live stream, which you are because you just commented. Something <laughs> something might be happening. We'll, we'll, we'll have to see. But, yeah, that's all I got. So, everybody, be sure you're going on tapsportsnet.com for all your Chicago sports literature and podcasting needs. Following us on Twitter at ontapsportsnet, at SoxOnTap. Follow my dude Steve for all those badass takes. Oh, I got to go this way. I went, went this way, but I have to go this way. Let's go this way. Following Steve at NWI underscore Steve. Follow me at Buzz on Tap. Anywhere you can listen to podcasts, you can listen to us. Five-star rating and review because that's cool and tough. Be sure you're going to Grandstand as well if you cannot go there physically, okay? You can follow them at socials at Grandstand Socks or go to GrandstandSocks.com. Tell them on tap sent you. BetRivers.com. Use promo code on tap. They'll match up to $250 of your first deposit. So you, you deposit 250, you get 500 win-win. That's a win-win Steve. I don't know what you think about that. That's fucking win-win to me. Hey, I like winning. I like winning and I like money. A lot better than losing hundred percent. And we're going to do a lot of winning this year on the hashtag, South side. Hashtag analysis. <laughs> hashtag analysis. Yes. Hashtag analysis. We'll lead it out with the white Sox forever. White Sox for life. <laughs>